It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Riggs, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What is up and welcome in to another fantastic, wonderful, amazing episode of the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm back. It's Jonathan, and I'm joined with the Braden Crow. Alex gets the night off. He's somewhere. Um, he did not want us to disclose that information. Um, so we'll just leave it as a mystery, but he's safe. He's good. He's well. Um, and it's me and Brayden that you get. So we're talking week three, Brayden, how you feeling, dude? Uh, I feel good. Uh, I am at home for anyone cares. I'll disclose that information. Um, so, uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to jump in to, to see where we're at. And it's, uh, week three was weird. I, I really wasn't prepared for uh, the Miami game at all, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, last week, whenever me and Alex recorded, we talked all about how three weeks is a good sample set. And a lot of that's true, but also you have games like Miami in week three. And now I feel like I don't have a sample set anymore. And so maybe after week four, we will. You mean they're not going to score 70 points every week? I mean, if, if they are, it's just sell the farm, go get them, you know, sell the farm, (laughs) go back and listen to, I don't even, that was like episode four of last year. I feel, I feel kind of bad, not bad, but I'm, I'm a little bit sad that Alex isn't joining us for an episode that we're going to probably say data points like 47 times. So (laughs) this is, this is, uh, yeah, in I was I was gonna say in memory of, but Alex is still alive and well. <laughs> it's just just because Alex. you don't know his location does not mean that he is. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But yeah, no, week three was week three was wild. Um, so I'm excited to to get talking. So let's just uh, we're gonna continue that conversation style because you know we're all family here at the Average Pros, and so conversation, um, a clear and concise and competitive conversation, of course, but. Uh, let's dive into, you, you brought up the Miami Dolphins. So let's just unpack that. I mean, sticking around that it, we saw a stat that, um, if you would have played all Miami Dolphins in just kind of your standard fantasy league, they would have scored you 203 points, which I would venture to say you probably would have won your matchup. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's just wild, but obviously you have your Hemoster Devon, I guess we were just informed that I guess it's pronounced HN now. Um, but I'm still probably going to say a chain. Uh, and then of course, Tyreek and, and Tua and some other, you know, just minimal pieces there, but what, what are the dolphins? You already mentioned maybe not a full data set there, you know, can't take last week and, and extrapolate that for the rest of the season, but, uh, what to think and what to do. You know, I, I, this is for sure a conversation to have, but it's also, not as much of a conversation as we think. And what I mean by that is like, if you don't have Tyreek Hill, you can't get Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, it's end of conversation on Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, you know, if I have him, I'm not selling him high. You know, I'm not going to sell Tyreek for McCaffrey. You know, I'm not going to, I'm probably not even going to sell Tyreek for Jefferson at this point. And so, um, Really? You wouldn't, you wouldn't trade. What about, Oh yeah. Well, I mean like 
the Vikings are 0-3. You know, they have the Panthers this week, so they should win. But what if they don't? You know, next week after that, they have the Chiefs. And so, you know, with it being the end of his contract, why would they not trade him? And so I'm not I'm not saying they for sure do, but if they know they're not going to have him this year, if they can at least get a second back or I don't know, but like there's at least enough ambiguity there that I'm not willing to make that trade whenever I already have Tyree kill. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just, I mean, you and I both know, and this is for the podcast, but no players ever off limits. I mean, obviously if a somebody comes at you and is like, Hey, you want to, can I trade for this person? And you look at their team and you're like, I have no desire in anyone on that team. Um, then yeah, they're off limits, but you know, I mean, I'm just thinking like if somebody would sell you AJ Brown plus, I don't know. What about, I don't know. This is random, but like AJ Brown plus Rashad white for Tyree kill. You're not selling, right? That's not even a question. Not like, even a question. A, like you could offer Tyree kill and Javante Williams. And I wouldn't take it for Tyree kill. You could offer AJ Brown. And, okay. What about, what about AJ Brown and Jameer Gibbs for Tyree kill? In a normal redraft league, I would still take Tyree kill. Okay. I mean, so there's, yeah, again, the value, I mean, there's, there still is enough ambiguity, you know, it's like, we keep saying Gibbs is going to get more involved this week. Gibbs is going to get more involved this week. And granted, I mean, depending on how quickly we can get this turned around Detroit plays, we're recording Wednesday night. Cause I just got back in town, but you know, Gibbs could drop 40 tomorrow night and we're going to look stupid right now. But you <laughs> know, I mean, you know, Montgomery's missed a game and a half at this point and Gibbs still hasn't taken control. And it's, it's not like Montgomery's like this generational talent, you know? And so I just think there still is enough ambiguity. And, you know, I mean, you know, once Alex gets back from vacation, like he's going to, I'm sure he's going to have stuff to say about this, but he always talks about how he will always take realized value over unrealized value. And, sure. and I just think you have that with Tyree kill and, you know, okay. it, it would have to blow my socks off. Like it would, it would have to be like chase plus Hawkinson or something, you know, like okay. it would have, to, it, it would have to be, on I was, I was going to make a, okay. CD lamb, Josh Jacobs for Tyree kill. It's closer. I, yeah, there still, still is enough. Yeah. There still is enough ambiguity. I'm going to take Tyree kill. Maybe ambiguity is going to be the word we say the most this episode, not data points or data set. It, it needs it needs to be in the title somewhere. So we'll, we'll ambiguity the podcast of ambiguity. <laughs> okay, so I mean we we got stuck on Tyree Kill there. That, that's my fault. But uh, just I guess I know you make a great point that like dolphins are. I mean, a chain went for crazy fab if he was on the you know waiver wire. Uh, Raheem Mostert is he got traded for a first and a, what was it? A first and a second first next year and a second the following yeah. year. And we were like, Oh, that's a stupid trade. And then he goes off and, but you know, yeah. does 45 points. So uh, maybe not. I, uh, I, th- I think probably the points that we want to take from this is Waddle will have better days and that, we'll play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. But, but you know, after waivers rain, you probably can't get a chain because of like how hot he is, but, you could probably, if you have Mostert, you could, if someone is willing to trade like an RB1 value for him, I will gladly trade away Mostert because he's a 31-year-old running back and there's two, there are more pathways for him becoming less relevant 
than pathways for him maintaining relevance. And what I mean by that is he's 31. And whenever there is a youthful running back in the room as well, they will take over as the season progresses or Mostert will get injured like he has before in every other season. And a Chan gets, gets a huge bump. And so I would, if I had Mostert, I would sell, I would sell him for the likes of Josh Jacobs, which that could get done. That's not crazy. I would sell Mostert for about Jonathan Taylor coming back. Oh yeah. Give me Taylor. Even after what he said about, he doesn't want to play for the Colts and the Colts don't really care to trade him. I, that's a, probably I, a conversation for next week's podcast heading into yeah. week five. We can book in that but or bookmark that. But yeah, no, I think you make a great point about selling high on Raheem Mostert. I mean, you just, you got to put feelers out there and there's just so many running back. It, it's been three weeks. And although we have data points and Raheem Mostert has been valuable and they're going to use him. Jeff Wilson comes back in two weeks. Um, you still have Ahmed who's there and just kind of, hanging around and then yeah the, the reality is the dolphins aren't going to score 70 points every week and if they do then that's just an anomaly and uh we'll be wrong on that but there's just no way and teams you know i was listening to uh some of the nfl youtube channel and um oh i can't i'm blanking on their names but anyway they were talking about power rankings and it was just like man the dolphins offense like is, is this just the most amazing offense we've ever seen and it's just like in the nfl people change and people adjust and like you're talking about the best players and the best coaches in the NFL. So they're going to adjust the game script and people are going to scheme against the dolphins. And I guarantee you they play the Patriots the next time they play the Patriots. Is it this week that they play the Patriots? Um, no, Dallas plays Patriots this week. Okay. Well, you know, they'll play the Patriots and they'll score probably less than 30. Cause that's just what Bill Belichick does, you know, um, schemes and those things. So all that to say, you know, if you can sell high on Raheem Mostert and all those, um, uh, so yeah, okay. So Miami plays. It is AFC, uh, an AFC uh, East matchup, but um, Miami plays Buffalo. But uh, anyway, it's. I think that's a great point. So, any other thoughts on the Dolphins before we jump to the next thing? No, I'm super pumped to see how this division plays out. I think that I think the Jets are going to make a move at quarterback that is not Trevor Simeon, and you know it. It may be too little, too late, but this is a fun division and it's been a really long time since this has been a fun division. I mean, like my lifetime long since it's been a fun division. So uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah. So let's jump to the Falcons. Um, Obviously I enjoyed their game last week. Um, The lions absolutely dominated every facet of the game in that, except their offense could have been better, but uh, we're talking fantasy football, not real football. So the biggest question I think around the, the Falcons is just passing offense. Like Ritter started off kind of like he was hitting on all cylinders, not all cylinders, but at least half the cylinders. And then it was Some like cylinders <laughs> that dude couldn't hit a wide open receiver. And he was just leaving his receivers out to dry. Johnny Smith got rocked on one cause he just fully extended and, uh, you know, Drake London missed out on a couple Kyle Pitts, although he had five catches, you know, so for me, I'll just go ahead and say the Atlanta passing offense, other than Bijan getting a ton of check downs. I mean, I'm moving Drake London way down in my rankings. I'm moving Kyle Pitts. I mean, he was already low in my rankings, but 
Um, there's just not a whole lot of passing value here. And, you know, Desmond Ritter is a quarterback two in a super flex league. Like haven't seen him rush the ball much. Like really the only two Falcons I'm interested in rostering at this point are Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson. And I think that they realized this week that, wow, Desmond Ritter is struggling and they just get back to running the ball. Um, so that's where I'm at with the Falcons. I'm kind of, kind of out on specific. I mean, Drake Lennon was the only one that I was really in on, but I just, I don't think I can, can trust him, even though it's that second year wide receiver boom. But, um, I think you might have a different, different side. So I'd be interested to hear that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not out, you know, I, I mean, let's keep him in the right place. Right. You know, I mean, I think that their offense is probably in the same conversation as like, uh, uh, Washington, you know, or like Pittsburgh or Vegas. And, you know, none of those are great offenses, but I think they can still have your place on a roster. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think Drake London can nor should be in the same conversation as like an Amari Cooper, which is right where around where they were be, being drafted together. I don't think that's a fair conversation. I wouldn't have drafted Pitts in the sixth round like I did this year, but I mean, he is a tight end that has a chance to catch a touchdown every week. And he is on the field more times than not. And he is way more athletic than any other tight end. So I don't mind having him. I'm not trying to go out and get him. And so I think they're fine. I think they're better than they were last year. They for sure are better statistically better than they were last year, but I do think a quarterback change is coming and um, their you, defense. You think Heineke is going to come in for Ritter? Yeah. Why would he not? I mean, they spent good capital on Ritter. Well, I guess not really, but it was like the end of the third round. Yeah, that's true. But they've kind of given him the, I, that is a thought I hadn't really put much, much stock in. If Heineke comes, I mean, Heineke's not the end all be all for passing quarterbacks, but if Heineke steps in there, but he was good enough for McLaurin. He was good enough for Dotson. That's what I'm saying. This offense maybe gets some zest. I mean, he's a little zesty. I mean, whenever we were talking about like Desmond Ritter and Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett and uh, Sam Howell, it was like, who do we like the most? And I said Brock Purdy first because I looked at what the commanders did and I looked at what the Falcons did and they both brought in great backup quarterbacks and a team that is confident in their quarterback doesn't do that. And so I think that's what we're seeing playing out. Uh, Yeah. The Heineke aspect is interesting. Okay. Before we move on from the Falcons though, Bijan looks electric. I mean, I don't think we thought anything else, but like, I know he's not putting up huge numbers right now, but he, he still, and he was like this in college, but his five to seven yard runs are the most exciting runs you see in football. Like he, he is a video game. And I think that Tyler Algier remains relevant just because of the way the offense is. But I mean, Bijan's going to keep Bijaning. And so if there's anybody that for some reason is low on Bijan, I mean, people probably spent pretty high capital. That I mean, that's a a crazy huge, huge opportunity yeah, if, for if me. I'm low key hoping for a down game from Bijan this weekend because I think it's two bad games in a row. It's 50% of his games. I would 
love to go and buy low as I can on him. It's not going to be low. You know, you're going to have to give up like a mix and plus you're going to have to give up like a, uh, Jacobs plus James cook plus ETN plus, but you know, that's, that's worth it though. I mean, I'd, I'd still spend up. Yeah. The reality is like, I mean, what ten? Running- he put up 10 in PPR, but like those were all passing, you know, he didn't, didn't, they just, they're running off rushing offense was not, I mean, not clicking, but you, you want McCaffrey over him. Do yeah. You, do you want Pollard over him? I was just looking at Pollard. Um, I don't know, dude. After the, I know it's one week and it's probably a fluke, but like I was floored at the way the Cowboys played. Like that, that shot. It okay. It didn't shock me because that seems to to happen. I think I texted y'all. I was like, the Cowboys are literally the Texas Longhorns of the NFL. Like they get these. <laughs> This hype, and then it's just like the, te- the Texas Longhorns from 2010 from to, 2022. to 2022. Hook them, not yep. the, not the 2023 Texas Longhorns. That's true. I, I don't speak that over them <laughs> for the love. Please beat Kansas. Uh, anyway, and we need a, a separate college sports podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, there's I if Saquon's healthy comes back, maybe. Uh, are you taking Jonathan Taylor if he comes back week five it's, over him? It's McCaffrey end of list for, for you for Bijan. I, I mean, I I can see, I get that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, what about Eckler coming back? It's still McCaffrey. I'm not. There's there's enough unrealized. There is enough ambiguity with his injury situation that I'm just not ready to do it. Now you're just saying it to say it. It's it's. It wasn't needed there. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay, Justin Fields was a topic of conversation in our group message. Uh, so, what are we doing with Justin Fields? I think one of I think it was Alex that said, you know, he just spoke into existence and trying to manifest it that the OC gets fired <laughs> there. But yeah, I mean, you had a question about Justin Fields. He got dropped on your waiver wire. So let's let's talk about Justin Fields and some of his efficiency issues early on. I think if you have Justin Fields, you can't sell him. You shouldn't drop him. And I think that a lot of people's waiver wires are so thin that you have to make a decision on if you just write it out or, or if you go with someone off the waiver wire and I don't, I mean, should we just go through waiver wire names on who we'd start over him? Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking. I mean, he's QB 18 on the year, um, which is honestly better than I thought. <laughs> but he's sandwiched right there between Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford. Um, behind Jimmy G, um, behind your guy Purdy, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a top 12 quarterback right now. That's wild. Uh, okay, so really, the, just because the Bears won. are playing, I'm going to the games. Bears, the Bears the... are Bears are playing the Broncos. So if there's any week for to play Justin Fields, this is the week. Or do the Broncos just come out after getting 70 slammed on them and just? I don't think that I don't think they have that in them. Honestly. Yeah, that's that's fair. After you, you're just kind of laying down. They're they're a pretty weak team, like Ohio State, you know. Um, but. You're just taking all the college shots today. <laughs> all the digs. I uh, uh, 
No, I mean, this week I would probably play Justin yeah. Fields. But I mean, because on your waiver wire, I mean, you have CJ Stroud, which, yeah, he's, you know, the 14, number 14 quarterback on the year. But like, who else is on the, the waiver I, wire? Like, you I'm know, looking I, here. Like, I think if Brock Purdy's there, I think that there's an opportunity. But the reality is, is that, you know, you're going to get 20 points, maybe. You know, it's, it's, he's going to get two touchdowns and he's going to get, 200 maybe 250 yards passing and that's it and so he's never going to have a game that he goes bananas but he's probably never going to have a game that he only has seven or eight points so you know if we're like ranking fields purdy stroud i'd probably rank like i'd probably still start fields because his upside is still there and but like I'd start, I'd, I'd start fields over Jimmy G, over Howell, over Mac Jones. I'm yeah, I'm I mean, not ready bear to mentioning. It does bear mentioning that we are talking about Justin Fields in the same breath as Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, at the beginning oh, of the season, sure. we were saying this is Jalen Hurts of last year, and yeah, oh, we need to stop doing that to quarterbacks. But like, or, but like Russell. If, but like, if Geno is on your waiver wire, I don't mind that. Like last last week. I have Burrow in a league and I didn't know if he was going to play. And so I picked up Kirk Cousins. He was still on the waiver wire. And yeah, but literally all it, all it takes from Justin Fields is one 60 yard touchdown run. Like he's got that in him. So and if you have, so if you have Fields and you have Goff, who are you starting? Uh, this week, Goff's got Green Bay. Fields gets the Broncos. I'm probably starting Goff. Or excuse me, I'm probably starting Fields this week, just with the upside there. I, with him against the Broncos, there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks I'm starting. I say a whole lot. There's probably like six to eight quarterbacks I'd start over fields. Like he's probably my QB nine. Because you, you look yeah. at Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, Tua, Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, Allen. Probably about end of list for me. So I'm are you above him. So Jordan Love or uh, Justin Fields? It's a rivalry. I mean, Jordan's gone over. Love has gone over. Jordan Love. <laughs> it's gone. Sorry, I want to make sure people know who I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love has gone over 20 points every game so far this season. So it's and he's getting Christian Watson back. That just came through. That it confirmed Christian Watson's going to play on Thursday tomorrow or on Thursday. Um. So and it's an early. I mean, I always like having somebody play on Thursday night, so that gives me some thought. Or like how to adjust my lineup going in, so I I might go Justin Love over. It, it'd be a game time decision for me. Are you full just Jordan you, Love? You, you I said Justin said, Love. I know. Yeah. Uh, too many J's. Too many <laughs> J's. Uh, are you Jordan Love over Justin Fields? That's tough. That was a very long pause. Yeah, I know. I I would probably take. I'd probably take love. I don't, I prefer to have a player in the Thursday night matchup. I think there's an advantage there, but I, I do think there is a value in all of his receivers are trending up. Aaron Jones is coming back and Christian Watson's coming back. So I don't mind taking that shot. Yeah. Well, I think they, they figure things out in Chicago. Yeah. And I mean, the lines are still suspect to, you know, I mean, the secondary is better, but. I don't know. What about Keenan Allen? What are we doing with Keenan Allen? I mean, 
<laughs> I know what we're doing. Unless you just have a f- stupid offer. Uh, I have received a few stupid offers for Keenan Allen and I've taken them. Oh, so tell me like what, what was the stupid offer that you took? I traded away Keenan Allen to get Jamar Chase. And I traded away in a super flex keeper league. I traded away Keenan Allen and Josh Allen to acquire CeeDee Lamb, Pat Mahomes, and JSN. So rest of the season, just like comparatively, obviously Patrick Mahomes over, yeah, over Josh Allen, I think, rest of the season right now, just based on what we've seen. And Josh Allen still has a turnover bug, it seems. Um, but CD Lamb, do you have him rest of the season over Keenan Allen? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be close and I always, I always am going to give the tiebreaker to the wide receiver. That's not 31 and who can play a full season and who may have an offensive change in the middle of the season that, but you know, there's also a reality. It's like Keenan Allen had an okay week one. And that was a week that Austin Eckler was there and, the games that he's gone bananas, he didn't have Eckler. And also, I'm not discrediting anything he did last week in week three, but the 50 points or whatever you see in the box score is not actually 50 points. It's like probably closer to like 40, which is still amazing. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but his without stats got trick play without the trick play. And mm-hmm. so you're also not going to play Minnesota every week. You're just not. I mean, whenever Josh Kelly can only get you 13 yards every game, of course, they're going to have to throw. They're going to have to run the ball by throwing it short. And that's what Keenan Allen's role is. And so I decided to sell high and I only wanted to sell high for that high tier of player. So I'm looking here. I'm trying to find the the stats um but so when we're looking at targets i know that uh keenan allen had 20 last week um oh that's targets by team uh well that that we can look at that uh so yeah the chargers keenan allen it's all season Sorry, hang on. Okay, week three. Where's our producer when we need him? We don't officially have a producer for our listeners, just so you know. Uh, so he had 20, and then Mike Williams had eight, and then Josh Palmer had seven. So you lose Mike Williams eight, but Austin Eckler's not playing. So that I think that's the thing that people aren't talking about enough, is when Austin Eckler comes back, that dynamic totally changes. Because um, Josh Kelly has been boo-boo hot garbage it's been bad yeah like so i mean yeah i know we talked about this last week and so but it's just like we didn't think that he was going to put up 45 points this week so (laughs) it's almost bears bears mentioning again but i guess the real question is so with mike williams out keenan allen you you mentioned there's some really great opportunities to sell high i mean you got jamar chase for him i take that a thousand days out of a thousand days but 
for Quentin Johnson and Josh Joshua Palmer, who steps in and gets the most benefit from the Mike Williams role while we're on the Chargers topic. I think long term is Quentin Johnston. I think short term is going to be Josh Palmer. And so, like, you know, they have one more week, and then it's the buy. And the buy is whenever they can, whenever NFL teams take a look at the games they've played before the buy and figure out what they want to change and try to instill that into their team. And so, you know, I could see Quentin Johnson coming out and having, you know, ten targets week seven, but. If you can wait till week, or I guess week six. So if you can wait till week six, I think Quentin Johnson's the better grab, but I think Josh Palmer is probably the short term better add. But the reality is, I, I think, I think what is the most realistic is both are just going to be semi relevant, and one of them is not going to elevate themselves. This is a wild card, and we didn't talk about this, but Donald Parham has been a red zone. Correct. I mean, we're about to start talking about some tight ends, so maybe this is something we can bring back up in the tight end situation. But, I mean, is there any value there? I mean, probably not yet, right? But I, I think I would have to see – I would have to see, like, a week of him being out there for 70% of snaps and Everett out there for 30. Or I'd have to see Everett get hurt for me to be – for me to feel good about starting Parham anywhere. I mean, he's available pretty much anywhere, I think. Right, yeah. People are not really going to get him at this he's, point. He's but. he's good for Herbert. I mean, he's he's a great red zone target. And, I mean, obviously Herbert's benefited from him, but long-term, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let's jump to, well, okay, here's this. Parham was out there for 34 snaps and Gerald Everett was out there for 38 snaps last week. So I think it's just, I think it's just going to be split. Yeah, that's probably, but Everett was out there for 55 snaps first week. So it's kind of, he, he has seven targets, six receptions and three touchdowns. <laughs> that's fair. It's probably not a, it's probably a mute point, but when you're talking about pass catchers getting bumps for the chargers, that's totally, I don't know. Okay. On the tight end train, Sam Laporta. I take a mini victory lap here because it's half of one of my bold takes that he's the tight end two so far. Obviously I said whole season tight end one, but uh, he looks pretty, pretty dominant. Um, looks like a third down go-to guy. Um, Jared Goff has shown a lot of trust in him. So uh, let's just jump into the real question is Sam Laporta. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey, and he's got Taylor Swift in his corner now, so he's feeling 22. But uh, he is really the only one that's a for sure, hey, we're taking him. Um, I, I, would put, I would put Hawkinson in that category, and I would still take Andrews in that category. Okay, so Andrews is the first name I was going to mention. Um, we had talked about this a little earlier today, but they there looks like there's some some difficulty with Lamar Jackson getting him the ball right now. It seems um, I don't know what that's a factor to, other than maybe that. Honestly, I think the Ravens' offensive line has just kind of been terrible. They've they're, they had they're a lot of injuries. Banged, they're banged up yeah. for sure. Yeah, missing both tackles, so that's a big part of that. Um, okay, so we'll say Andrews. I, I agree with that. 
Um, what about like Goddard and Kittle? I will start Laporta over both unless unless Ayuk is out again. I'll take Kittle. Even after Kittle put up 16 in PPR, you still just think that's like, hey, I hit think, or miss. I think, it's, I think it's totally related to Ayuk being out. Okay. Uh, I probably go Kittle over Laporta. Um, Goddard hasn't shown me a whole lot, and A.J. Brown had a great week last week. So he's him and Devontae's. Devonta, Devonte Smith are clearly the one A and one B there. Um, so the name we brought up earlier, Kyle Pitts. I mean, I guess if you're taking Laporta over them already, it doesn't like Pitts, Ingram, Waller. Like those are all. Are you taking them pretty? You taking Laporta pretty clearly over them? Um, sorry, I would take, I would take Laporta over Pitts. Laporta and Ingram is interesting. Um, I would take Laporta over Waller, but you know, just the fact that we're talking about a rookie tight end is, you know, in these names is a big deal. You know, I I remember your bold take, and I mean, you were right, but I remember after you said it, I said vacated targets oftentimes go to the running back. And so I, I think that this is completely correlated and directly tied to Jameer Gibbs and Gibbs has not done what they've wanted and they don't have a plethora of other options. And Laporta, his talent is, has established himself as a relevant piece of the offense. And so I like him. I, I, I don't want to trade for Laporta because his value is sky high. I would rather use Laporta in a bigger deal with more players to acquire one of these other tight ends on this list plus another weapon, you know. But but Laporta's legit. He he is worthy of being started every week. Yeah, I've got Laporta in a handful of leagues that I already have Mark Andrews. I just picked him up late in the draft or agency so i already moved him in one league and in that in that case i think i would trade i think i would rather trade andrews instead and keep laporta Mm -hmm. you gotta explain that i mean either way you get tons of value but you know it's like have we seen elite andrews in a year and a half and you know, it's like if someone is willing to pay for elite Andrews, you know, if you can if you can package Andrews in like a waiver wire darling like Jerome Ford and land like a, a Josh Jacobs, like absolutely, I think I do that. But I don't you know, like Jerome Ford and Laporta isn't gonna get a Josh Jacobs type player. That's fair. I just don't think you move off the talent and what you probably paid for Andrews. I think you have to wait. Like you just said, the Ravens have been banged up. So I think that the offense line has played a huge factor in that. I mean, I think you bring up a good point though, that you are going to get more value trade value for Mark Andrews, but I just, I don't think you can, there's just, I'm actually a little nervous. I know they're different, different targets, but 
Jamison Williams comes back in three weeks. Um, and I know that seems forever away, but I personally think that's going to change what Laporto does. Um, it's nice that he's getting established, but there's there's more targets there. And I mean, I guess Jamison Williams is more the downfield threat, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I mean, you know, being suspended, we know what that does to a player. It's, I, I don't expect, I don't expect Kamara to be great this weekend. You know, he's been away from the team, and Jamison's been away from the team. And not only was he away from the team, but he was injured before that. And so they were talking about how they were going to give him all these snaps in preseason. He goes out there, and the first game gets hurt. And so, plus, he had some disciplinary issues. I think, like. I think there's all around been disappointment from Jameson and like, I'm just saying there's a non-zero chance that like even Josh Reynolds is a better fantasy asset weeks, week seven on than Jameson. Yeah. No, I mean, everything he says is true, but I just, I think they put too much draft capital there. So they're wanting to make sure that works or trying to at least. Um, before I move on, I just got to clarify, are you taking, so say Ayuk plays, rank these tight ends, Kittle, Ingram, Waller. If Ayuk plays. If Ayuk plays. Ingram, Kittle, Waller. Wow. I just, I did not think, I, I mean, I get Trevor, I think Trevor Lawrence is ascending. And if you can trade for Trevor Lawrence right now, then. I think that's a good if you've got a lower end quarterback. Um, but nah, I don't I'm not there. I'm I'm kittled by quite a long ways on them. But maybe that's because I've paid up for him in a couple leagues and I'm a little biased. So um okay, let's rapid fire two more and then we'll get out of here. But uh expectations from the Saints uh with Derek Carr out. Uh, we obviously he has got the AC sprain in his shoulder. Um that can be a lingering issue. One um, that also can be two to four, six weeks. He hasn't gone on IR yet, so I think they're hoping to have him back. You know, two or three weeks from now, if that. But uh, Jamison Winston has been serviceable from a fantasy perspective. But what are your thoughts? Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're fine. I th- I think this is great for Olave with being the downfield target. Um. We statistically, Jamison, Jamison, you said Jamison. Now I'm saying Jamison, Jameis Winston. I said Jamison. Oh, I did say yeah. Jamison. I said Jamison yeah. Winston all yeah, the time. Uh, Jamis, time. Jameis Winston uh, statistically is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to play action passes. And so I, I think, I think if they can get any semblance of a run game with Kamara back, it's going to be good for the offense. I think that we're going to see turnovers like we saw in Tampa Bay. Um, but I think Jameis is a great backup and I'm excited to see how this, this plays out. And I, I, is this, you said this is better for Olave. Is this just better for the saints offense in general from a fantasy I, perspective? I'm not ready to go there yet. And the reality is that I, I'm afraid we're going to be comparing apples to oranges because I think the offense is going to look different with Kamara back. It's going to look a lot better. Yeah. And because, I mean, Carr couldn't do anything with play action because Jamal Williams ran the ball for a yard. 
he couldn't do anything. And so I, I'm not, I'm not ready to say this is better for the saints altogether. I mean, I, I do think Carr is a better quarterback. I don't think there's a world where Jameis will take over, but I think there's going to be more fantasy implications and could be more fireworks in a game that he's not going to take care of the ball. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I am interested and intrigued by is Michael Thomas wasn't healthy last time we saw Jameis Winston take over the saints offense. So that's a good safety blanket to have. And when you think back to Jameis Winston with, Mike Williams and some of those Mike wide Evans. receiving cor- Mike Evans, golly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it it does. I, I thinking about Jameis Winston with with the Saints offense actually kind of gets me a little bit excited to see. I mean, one those games are going to be never out of reach. I I texted my brother who's a Packers fan whenever Jameis stepped into the game, and I was like, they were down. They were up 17 to zero over the Packers. I was like, well, now the Packers have a chance because he just, yeah, the pick six is Jameis Winston's favorite play. So, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, Chris Olave's like 380 yard, 380 air yard game came with Jameis last year. Like, oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think it's a smash. I mean, but I think Michael Thomas gets a bump too. I, yeah, I mean, I don't for the passing game. I I would agree. Uh, I so think rest that, of, rest of the season. What's Michael Thomas wide receiver thirty? Don't, don't make me do this. Is he is he healthy rest of season? Yeah, we'll say he's healthy. We'll say he plays. He misses two games. I don't know. I mean, like a a a good flex, I guess. So like wide receiver thirty. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. All right. Maybe. 24. Like I, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Christian Watson over him. I'd rather have, um, I think I'd rather have Tank Dell at this point over him. Yeah. Um. Well, we've been long winded tonight, so we'll get out of here on this last one. Um. And I, it's probably me because I just I miss talking and being a talking head. You know, big dream of mine. Uh. Are the Rams back to earth? We had, you know, and specifically Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. You know, they had huge first two weeks. Uh, Kyron Williams put up 28 the week before last. Um, Puka Nakua had, you know, 25 targets through two games. Are they just still relevant? Uh, Cooper Cup comes back next week or week after next. What are your thoughts on the Rams? I think they're still very relevant. Uh, you know, I, I don't see them in a tier that they'll realistically compete for the Super Bowl, but they are one of those teams that can win on any given Sunday. And, you know, there, there's a solid 10 to 12 NFL teams that that's not the case. And, you know, I, I'd probably put them in the same conversation as like the Saints. You know, like they're a good team. They're not a great team, but, you know, I wouldn't put them in the same conversation as the Eagles, Dolphins, Cowboys, 49ers, maybe like a, I, a Seahawks is a good comp. I think, I think they're kind of in the same conversation. Stafford's a good quarterback with tons of experience. And 
Puka's legit. I don't think that we were seeing a flash in a pan. He was banged up. He came out in the fourth quarter early because he was hurting. I think Cup's going to come back and help. <clears throat> and I don't understand Kyron Williams, but he still is playing. And I trust McVeigh more than I trust me. So that's probably where I'm at with them. Where are you at with them? I just think you have to really temper expectations. And I think what we saw against the Bengals is probably more along the lines of what you're going to get with the Rams most weeks. I mean, I, I think I agree that they can they can win games, but this is like a still a 7-8 win team in my mind. Um, so I think Kyron Williams, he's back in RB2 rest of season. And Puka, once Cup comes back, I'm interested to see opening up the field and, and Puka really does have like his hands are ridiculous. Like he's got a, a decent talent profile. I'll give him that. But I still think you're middle of the pack, middle of the road wide receiver too. Like people are kind of praising him as like a wide receiver one. Like he's not going to finish the season as a wide receiver one. I, I would take that to the bank. Um, there's no way in my mind with Cooper cup coming back, but I'd love to hear counterpoints. If if Cup does not come back, is he a wide receiver one rest of the season? Um, I need to see a, this bounce back game, but I know I got to make a call without seeing what happens this week. So, like like Puka or Higgins rest of the season? Oh, oh, <laughs> that get you? <laughs> oh, I still go Higgins. I think Burrow's ascend Burrow's getting healthy and the Bengals always start out slow, have started out slow the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I think Pukanukua over like Garrett Wilson for sure. Um trying to think somebody maybe a little bit closer than that. Uh that's if Cup doesn't come back. I think I'd take t- Garrett Wilson over Puka. You'd still take you'd still take Olave over Puka, right? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, like, Puka over DJ Moore. That's kind of Puka for sure over DJ Moore with cutback, I think, even. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a lot to, I just, I felt like I was watching that Rams game. I was like, man, they, they, they just struggled a lot. And I don't think that's going to be a one week occurrence. I think that there's just a lot of issues with the Rams and Sean McVay is a great coach. Stafford's a capable quarterback, but he's old. Um, and they don't have a super strong offensive line and overall defense. I mean, Aaron Donald is a one man wrecking crew, but other than that, it's like, ah, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. I feel like we always end our podcast with, we'll see <laughs> like, the obvious, but uh, any other parting thoughts for the, Average pros listeners before we uh, shut this thing down. No, it was a, it was a weird week three. And just a reminder, if you are sitting at one and two or zero and three, like don't give up. In fact, go and look at the other one and two and zero and three teams and just start making offers for players you believe in. Because I mean, that's what I'd like regardless there's leagues I'm in where I am zero and three and there's leagues I'm in where I'm three and zero, and it does not matter what my record is. I am looking at, I should not be telling everyone this. I, I look at 
who is Owen three and who is one and two and who is starting to panic. And I start making offers because they're ready to see their team turnover and I'm ready to, to capitalize on that. So don't give up. Other people are going to give up and, and you should capitalize on it. Yeah. Stay the course. A rising tide raises all boats. That doesn't apply, <laughs> but it needs to be said. TM copyright, Alex Huff. That's two weeks in a row. <laughs> he's going to listen to this. He's going to have so many thoughts, but that's it for us. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Like, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And uh, until next time, we're the average bros. See ya. Your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.